Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast, it's your girl Haji, you already know what's going on, I hope you guys are doing okay. Today's episode is honestly a little different than what I usually do. Um, Today I am going to share a part of the meeting that I was a part of. Um, I serve on the Better Together Advisory Board with the city of Decatur and essentially what the Better Together Advisory Board does is that it guides and it it advises the commission and the community around issues of equity, inclusion, and engagement. Our meetings are held every first Tuesday of the month. In this specific meeting, we discussed initiatives that would allow individuals that are currently homeless access to resources that will lead them to successfully changing their predicament, but also receiving community support and guidance throughout the process. So without further ado, I welcome my fellow board members who had the chance to speak and ask questions as we learned about these initiatives, but also took notes on how we could integrate them into our own communities. They have um, helped people either get into a um, work program, which there's a really good one in Gwinnett that they work with, um, or into a, if they need to go to rehab first, they, they get them to the mental health clinic over at, and on um, Winway. And from there, once they're getting stabilized there, then they help support them get to an, a, a program that's long that's long lasting and that builds them a support system around them. If they have family that they can reach out to, because one of the things that they try to do is to connect them with their families. Um, that's not always the case, because sometimes family members are like, they're burnt out, they're done. Uh, but they do try to re- do that reunification too. Um, so they come out like this is July and August, they come out twice a month. Chick-fil-A across the street partnered with them and said, we'll provide sandwiches for you, free sandwiches. So as of June 17th, they had handed out 777 sandwiches, 823 flyers. And this phone number on here is actually only for City of Decatur. So if you see a homeless person and you build a relationship with them and you know them and you're like, and, and he says, you know what? Today is today. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to like find another way to do life. You can call this number, and somebody will be out here within an hour to get them, as long as they they have staff that's available for that. So they um, they work closely with our police department. Uh, our police department and our businesses can call this same number. Uh, Andrew actually resigned. <laughs> A company in uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, an organization, a nonprofit, the Dallas, Texas, hired him, uh, and they do something similar in the same thing. But they're actually developing an app that I would like for us to eventually take a look at, which is an app that you can put on your phone, and you can say, uh, if some a homeless person came up to you, you wanted to know where they could eat at, where they could get food, it'd pop up every place within a certain um, range where they could go pick up food or clothing or are a place to sleep that night and those different things. So uh, it's in the works, it's taken some time and he showed it to me when I met with him on his last visit here. Um, and I'll be, uh, Charlene and I are hoping to meet the new young lady that's taking his place next week. But even last week, Andrew was gone and Jeff, who's his supervisor, sent me a text and said, hey, we placed a gentleman today. 
and we have two others that we're working with to hopefully get them placed when we come back out next in, a, in two weeks. So the system did not fail because he wasn't present. The idea is always build a relationship because, and that is the part that takes a little bit longer. And then from there, building that relationship to get to know them, get to know their situation, and be able to help them get the help that they need and do it in a holistic way. And do it in a way that has that's compassionate and not just putting them in a car to get them outside of the city. That's not our goal. In that process, with 15, including the from last week, being um, in a program since last October, two of them did not stay in the program, but they, they, um, they did not return to the city. When we initially talked to them, they told us up front, when it comes to those that are mentally ill, if they do not have a drug or alcohol problem, that's where we stop. That's where the line stops for us. Because they don't have the staff to support that. And um, so they, um, but they did say, if they have those two issues, get them to the mental health clinic on one way. Then they walk with them through to getting pulled there and then getting them to the next step of a program. Um, and then I guess I'll turn it to Charlene to tell you about her part because she's been doing a lot of the research on the mental health part and working with police. But we can answer you ask questions some questions first, first and then and then listen yes. to that part. I guess I had one question. Um, I know that through the winter months there was a group of three women who got sandwiches from the community and passed them out every single day. What, how did that and this program, as well as the one, um, A Home for Everyone, I think, where they also had churches where um, people during the cold months would spend the night. How did those like? So A Home for Everyone uh, actually kind of worked alongside them for a, a minute, but they did burn themselves out. So. One of the things that, in, in learning this and, and working with this and, and kind of being a part of it for what, probably four years now, when you continually feed someone, there's no reason for them to leave. There's no reason for them to seek the next step of help because it's like, okay, I'm getting what I need. Uh, I mean, Andrew called me at Christmas time last year and said, Shirley, there's no reason for them to want to go anywhere. People are handing them money. I just saw a guy get a $100 bill. And so what we have communicated is, now there's those ladies, um, they because they were kind of doing that and nobody knew it and, and our police department found out and they were like, wait a minute, you know, be careful about doing that. Um, a home for everyone pulled out because they it was it had burned out those two people that were doing it. And First Baptist Church said, we'll start back feeding them. Um, I need to check on that to see if they're still doing that. Um, and I think Holy Trinity does like a clothing closet and they provide like a, a food closet as well. And Decatur Press. Decatur Press, I don't think they're feeding. Okay, I thought that I didn't know what that threshold ministry was. Yeah, I, I don't think they, the last I knew when I was, because uh, the, the woman who does their administrative services, she was in Decatur 101 back in February and March and she said they weren't doing anything. So, um, they, um, because that, it just wasn't a, a real, they worked together with uh, A Home for Everyone, but it was always about, okay, let's take this from a holistic approach. To the next. Uh, yeah, let's, so that we can do that. And uh, once they moved to feeding from First Baptist, because believe it or not, there were people who were like working every day, going and eating. 
And it also brought a huge influx of people from Atlanta on the trains, the company. And it was just like, and then it was just kind of growing and growing and growing and growing. And you feel food was what drew people. Okay, because I wondered if it was when Pine Street closed. That was that was the initial part of it, and so okay. that was kind of those things. Like um, Atlanta closed that, but they didn't have a plan, and that is where we got a lot of a lot of that from. Whereas you may see someone that's homeless and they're talking to themselves, but many of them come to the city because they feel like they're safe. But we can't do anything to anyone who's just talking to themselves. Right. But if they do something where they are stealing from a, a, a store or a shop or doing something inappropriate, you know, we definitely tell our shop owners because a police officer can't do anything. People will call them and say, hey, can you can you just get them off? They can't just do it. They can't just put them in their car and take them somewhere. That's kidnapping. And so, <laughs> and so what they do is if they've done something that's, that's broken a law, they do encourage our business owners Please go ahead and press charges, but not so that they go to jail. That's the way to get them into mental health court. But here's the downside of mental health court. They go to jail for one night. The next day they get out of jail and they expect them to show up for mental health court. And that is not a good system. And so it's really kind of, it's defeating. So that's why this partnership has been so great. And hopefully some of the things that we are, that Charlene's been working on with PD and that we've been looking at, will actually help to kind of at least help some with the, the mental health piece, but it's not going to solve it because still you've got to have people that have mental health issues that are not going to want to go get that help. Yeah, so thank you. I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm processing what you're saying in the way I should be processing it. It sounds like those informal, participating in those informal systems of handing money, handing out Instead, we should figure out ways of supporting those other larger structures that exist and helping to communicate to people where those are. Exactly. And that we did an article, was it the beginning of this year? This year is just kind of run together. We did an article in the focus, and that was one of the things that we did put in there was that, you know, instead of giving that money to them, our support these organizations and we didn't just have frontline in there we had a couple of others that are local organizations like first baptist's but first baptist's program and then uh threshold we listed those and i think uh d was it deem we put deem in there those are some groups that you can support but we really really encourage you please don't just decide i'm gonna open my trunk and feed people today or i'm gonna you know i feel bad because they're asking so i'm gonna give them the money um, because that's where you're kind of you're really defeating the purpose of what we're trying to do and helping them see like there's an opportunity for you to really really have a changed life in this situation and really go into something totally different or be re reunified with your family in many instances. So. You have, I'm sorry, go ahead. I just had one thought, and I'm sure you have no shortage of ideas, but I guess particularly if they were to develop the app, and I don't know if this is part of what they're already doing over in Texas, but I'm thinking about how Uber and Lyft offered free rides for people to get vaccines or to vote. I can't remember, but I'm wondering if there could be some partnership where they would pay for me. I know there would be an issue with, like, are they really going to go to the right place? But if it was done through the agencies, right, part of the barrier is just, like, getting people and making sure they actually get there. That might be one partner. Well, when, when you call this number, they actually will send a oh, okay. Oh, okay.
They actually will send them to get me. So they are, if they don't come out themselves, so many times they'll come by themselves because they really need to evaluate the situation once they get here. Honestly, they actually, there's a whole nother arm to frontline responses and we don't have this problem, thank goodness, but they actually work with women that are escaping out of prostitution as well. Okay. So there's a whole nother arm to what they do, but this is, um, our, our biggest issue, of course, has been homelessness. What about 311? Are you familiar with that? That is, isn't that through United Way? So that's two one one is okay. United Way. Yeah. So that's one of the things I was going to talk about. Okay. Unless you had any other questions.
somebody does something that they shouldn't do and they run into the train station and maybe a martyr police may not be at Church Street at that point in time, then we know we have that collaboration to talk as well. while that 
there are also elderly individuals in the community who may need these services, um, as well as you know teenagers and, and all these people. Like they are also, they can also be in homes themselves. So currently, like I said, just exploring that partnership, um, and I look forward to sharing more about that as things develop. But I have so much more information that I can share if y'all want to ask more questions. I don't bore y'all. So. Because I know 311 also gets you in town ministries, which does something very similar to this program. I just don't know if they're just doing Atlanta area or if they come to Decatur. Are you familiar with that? Our knowledge is just in Atlanta right now, but maybe there's something beyond that with the 311 line, but I know as it relates to Pat, it's just within the zone. I have a quick question. I was wondering who um, passed these out and if I could have more just to pass out myself. I'm sorry, I cannot hear you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was saying um, if I could um, get more of these papers to pass out myself. I know a sure, couple of areas sure. that have like a high traffic. Sure, I'll give you this, the rest of these. But Thank you I so can, much. Uh, if I, I can get your email from Okay. I'll email it to all of you if you like. All right, thank you so sure. much. Thank you. And you probably said this, but you're working hand in hand with the West Department. Yes. And they're supportive of all of us. Yes. Is there a, an end goal to like, choose one of these and invest in them? Yeah, the end goal is to is to develop a partnership for sure. Because um, as I mentioned, there are some, I mean, you could see, for example, like LAPD or NYPD, these really huge police departments that have social workers on staff and supervisors and such. And that's just not really, that doesn't really match up to like, Um, so what we're really looking for is a partnership, and um, Interim Chief Richards and Captain Ross have been in all of these meetings and constantly just updating them, so they're in full support. And is there other, you may not know this, but are there budget uh, questions that, are, that will come up in terms of, is there going to be money for some sort of partnership? Yeah, that, that has also been discussed, just yeah. like the money that will be allocated for that, but yeah. You mentioned that the, the in-house doesn't up with where we are in Decatur, what are the factors, variables that drive that conclusion? Why, yeah. why have we come to the conclusion that that's not appropriate? So it's mainly the size, the size of the department, because um, as I mentioned, if you just have a social worker kind of like standing on an island by themselves and doing all that work, not really having any type of clinical um, supervision, or other social workers that may be able to consult with and lean on, that could cause a lot of issues, like just going down the further down the line. Um, and so, what we really wanted to do is make sure that that person was connected to an organization that not only provided that supervision, which is what we hope that the community service board would be able to provide, um, but would also have access to the various resources that they would be attempting to connect individuals with. Have we ever? made use of the mobile crisis um, that is so we have not made use of that but that is what we're kind of exploring because i know that um decap county has a mobile crisis unit in partnership with the community service board yeah we've had it since the 90s i, I mean we've used them at the middle school mm -hmm. yeah um because i think the homeless are have the most obvious mental health needs they're right out there but they're I'm sure that police might get called into a situation of a community exactly. resident that it's actually a mental health issue mm -hmm. and the police hopefully are 
I think there's so much more awareness now that they won't yeah. overreact. And, mm -hmm. But you, that's when you really want to have a partnership. And many of them have had the uh, mental health training as well, but still, they still need the additional support. They need that part. Even yeah. within COVID, there's been you know, suicide attempts and things like that. So that this program would you know, kind of engage some of that as well. So is there, the, is there the possibility for Pat in terms of possible candidates for partnership? This is falls into that category. Is this something could Pat expand, or how, where else would you look for a potential? So Pat is not expanding at this moment outside the city of Atlanta. Because right. I was, I mean, we very, I guess we'll be asking, like, is there an opportunity for partnership? And at, that, at this point, there is none, because they're focused on expanding throughout Atlanta. Right. Um, I would say that the most likely candidate would be the Community Service Board. Um, just due to their, the existence of um, the mobile crisis unit and having that infrastructure already there, um, the location on Winway located right in the city limits of Decatur, um, it just, it makes a lot of sense. And I know that they're also um, pursuing further partnerships with, um, with the school system, and just what Shirley was mentioning about Frontline already working with the Community Service Board. So there's like a lot of overlap and a lot of connections already there that we just want to like see. And isn't PAD pre-arrest diversion, isn't that just a mindset as well? That before I arrest you, let me make sure that that's what I need to do. And and it's, it's an approach. Already doing, yeah. And that's what, it's, it's an, an approach. approach. Well, it makes sense if they are working primarily through law enforcement, that makes sense. Like, yes. Yeah. I, I get your point. Well, I don't want to presume it, but yeah. yeah. Like the name, yeah, perhaps presumes that there's a natural step out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it makes sense given the, the framework. Is it yeah. Mokey used to work? Mm-hmm. That's who we met with, yes. Who is it? Mokey, I used to work at the Southern Center a long time ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I probably knew that. I've been here forever, but we were friends. Okay. arguments on both sides, like some are like, True. police shouldn't be involved at all, and then others are like, True. but we have to protect the clinicians. And so that's something present in the co-response model um, in Africa County, as well as the community service boards um, mobile crisis unit. And is CAHOOTS a model that we're looking at, or is it more radical than they want to Um, I wouldn't say that it's more radical. I think CAHOOTS was created in a very different context. Um, it was mainly a grassroots kind of grew and has developed into a part not really a partnership but like it receives funding from like the state and county um, governments um, but yeah it really started with like a bunch of people who were like hey we need to better take care of people who are experiencing mental health issues in our community um, so yeah that's, that's where that is and with the police they do not send officers out um, but they also do not 
members in potentially dangerous situations. So it's still kind of like, yeah. It, I feel like it would end in the same way, basically. Yeah. Thank you. This is very 